to order. Uh, welcome to the March meeting of the Local Agency Formation Commission. I'm Supervisor Connie Chan, Chair of the Commission. I'm joined by Commissioners uh, Gordon Marr and Jackie Hilder. Uh, the clerk is Lisa Samara. And also, I'd like to thank the staff at SFGovTV uh, for broadcasting this meeting. Madam Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes, I do, Madam Chair. Today's LAFCO meeting is being held through video conference, and the members will participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Uh, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda, channels 26, 78, or 99, depending on your provider, and SFGovTV are streaming the public comment number across the screen. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 415-655-0001, again 415-655-0001, with the meeting ID 2499-735-4482, again 2499-735-4482, then pound and then pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. <clears throat> when your item of interest comes up, please dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or listening device. Alternatively, you may submit public comment via email to myself, the LAFCO clerk, at alisa, A-L-I-S-A dot Samara, S-O-M-E-R-A, at sfgov.org or by U.S. mail to 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit public comment in either of these ways, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file. Madam Clerk, that concludes my announcements. Thank you, and uh, please call the roll. Um, on the roll, Commissioner Chan. Present. Chan, present. Commissioner Marr. Present. Marr, present. Commissioner Fielder. Present. Fielder, present. Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, oh, Madam. Uh, my apologies. I did. I just saw uh, Commissioner Singh is also here. Yes, present. Okay. Uh, Singh is also present for today's meeting. Madam Chair, you do have a quorum. Thank you. That's great um, that we have Commissioner Singh too. Uh, Madam Clerk. Please uh, call item number two. Item number two is findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound, and then pound again. If you have not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. And the system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates that you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you. And we uh, have, I, I would like to make a motion to adopt uh, the findings that will uh, allow teleconference uh, meetings under the California Code sections 54953E. Um, but before we, uh, before I make the motion to adopt these findings, uh, we should open um, this up for public comment. Uh, yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Suze from DT is joining us today, running the public comment line. She's checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Suze, do we have anybody in the speaker line to, uh, for public comment on this item? There are no speakers on the line. Great, thank you, Madam Chair. 
Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Colleagues, I'd like to move uh, and make the motion to move these findings. Uh, may I have a second? I second. Thank you, Jack, uh, Commissioner Fielder. And um, Madam Clerk, please uh, call the roll. On the motion to approve the minutes as first and seconded, uh, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. C Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you, Madam Clerk. This motion has been unanimously uh, approved. And please call item number three. Item number three is approval of the LAFCO minutes from the February 18th regular meeting. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please press star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item. And the, uh, and the system indicates that you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Colleagues, any changes to the minutes? Thank you. Seeing none, uh, Madam Clerk, please open this up for public comment. Yes, uh, Susan's is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. Uh, if you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait and, uh, until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Do we have any callers in the queue? There are no callers in the queue. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Uh, I will move for us to approve the minutes. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Commissioner Marr. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On item number three, Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you, colleagues. And this motion has been unanimously approved. Madam Clerk, please call item number four. Item number four is a community choice aggregations activities report. Uh, A, enrollment and services st statistics. B, long duration energy storage procurement. C, customer programs. And D, integrated resource plan. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you have not already done so, please press star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We will now hear from Clean Power SF Executive Director Mike Hines. I know you have a lot to update us on and uh, love to keep this still though uh, to about 10 minutes, uh, but love to have you making sure that you really go through it and finishing up and allow time uh, for questions from the commissioners. The floor is yours. Thank you, Commissioner Chan. Uh, good morning, fellow LAFCO commissioners. Um, Mike Himes, I'm the director of the Clean Power SF program for the SFPUC's Power Enterprise. And uh, I will keep this to as close to 10 minutes as possible, Chair Chan. Um, I do have slides I'm going to bring up right now, so give me just one moment.
Can you see those? Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, for my Clean Power SF report today, um, I will cover enrollment and service statistics. I also have an update on our efforts to procure long duration energy storage. Uh, I will review the status of our customer programs work and uh, we'll wrap with an update on our integrated resource plan, including our initial schedule for the 2022 IRP. Clean Power SF continues to successfully serve its customers and uh, enrollment and customer participation in the program remains stable. Uh, I have no significant changes to our service statistics to report uh, at this meeting. Last meeting, I shared with you an update on the first long duration energy storage project that we are seeking approval to participate in through California Community Power. That's the Tumbleweed Project. Um, we're now preparing to seek approval for the second of these projects. As we discussed at the last meeting last summer, the California Public Utilities Commission mandated that Clean Power SF and other power providers procure long duration energy storage resources. Uh, those are defined as energy storage technologies that can store electricity and discharge it over an eight hour period. Clean Power SF participated in a request for offers for long duration storage resources as a member of California Community Power, which we call CC Power for short. The SFPUC Commission approved Clean Power SF's participation in the Tumbleweed Project uh, in February, and we're now seeking Board of Supervisors and Mayor approval to participate. On February 25th, CC Power approved the second project from its solicitation for long duration storage resources, which is called the Goal Line Project. Here's an overview of the Goal Line Project. The developer that will finance, construct, own, and operate the, the battery is called Onward. Uh, the Goal Line project will be a 50 megawatt lithium ion battery capable of storing 400 megawatt hours uh, and discharging that energy over an eight hour period of time. The Goal Line project will be located near Escondido, California, so that's northern San Diego County. Um, the Goal Line project has committed to building its project in full compliance with California prevailing wage requirements and using a project labor agreement for the construction of the facility, providing for terms and conditions of employment with applicable labor organizations. The developer has guaranteed a commercial operation date for the plant of June 1st, 2025, with a purchase term of 15 years from the start of the project's operations. This slide summarizes the project agreement structure. Uh, there are three documents we'll be seeking SFPUC commission and board of supervisors authorization to execute. Those are noted here on the slide with the numbers one, two, and three. This is the same structure um, that we presented last month for the tumbleweed project um, that I reviewed. Okay, next steps. 
Right now, uh, participating CC Power members are seeking approvals from their governing bodies. Under the agreement, interested participants have 90 days from March 1st to receive approvals and execute their required agreements. So for this project, that's May 30th as noted here. The uh, SFPUC staff will be recommending the Gold Line project to our commission for approval at its meeting on April 12th. If approved by the commission, we will then seek uh, Board of Supervisors and mayoral approvals in April and May. Okay, let's shift now to how we're doing with our Clean Power SF customer programs implementation. This is uh, the slide we've been showing you each meeting with our operating Clean Power SF uh, program offerings um, and offerings that are under development. I wanted to highlight this week that we recently executed our cooperative agreement to participate in the regional heat pump water heater program with the Energy Council. San Francisco will, will be a full participant in that program in April, making incentives available for contractors who install heat pump water heaters in San Francisco. Uh, this program will complement other programs being offered through the Bay Area Regional Energy Network or BayREN which offer additional customer level incentives for this technology. We are also making good progress on our DAC green, uh, disadvantaged communities, excuse me, green tariff program and anticipate being able to launch uh, what we've branded as the super green saver product this spring. Uh, and finally, we'll be issuing RFPs to solicit an energy services company to support our implementation of our food services, energy efficiency program, and community uh, disadvantaged community solar program later this year. Okay, um, so this is the last part of my update uh, focused on the integrated resource plan. Um, and as I mentioned before, I'll cover our 2020 uh, implementation activities as well as review the schedule for our upcoming IRP. Um, as we gear up for another integrated resource planning cycle, I just wanted to revisit sort of the basics of the IRP. Uh, we'll, we'll do this more in subsequent meetings with a deeper dive, um, but just to sort of uh, get our heads around this, um, the IRP is a best utility practice and energy resource planning tool to support achieving policy goals and meeting regulatory requirements. Think of the IRP as our process for ensuring that Clean Power SF's power supply continues to meet our program goals of offering affordable service, cleaner energy, local investment, and financial sustainability, while also meeting applicable regulatory requirements. Under state law, Clean Power SF is required to develop an IRP that evaluates its electricity supply and demand and identifies energy resource options that can deliver reliable and cost-effective energy to its customers. Uh, our Clean Power SF IRP uh, is reviewed and certified by the California Public Utilities Commission every two years. Uh, this is uh, the other summary slide I've been using to, uh, over the past several months to show our progress with our 2020 integrated resource plan implementation. Um, and this highlights active and upcoming solicitation activities. 
Uh, we discussed the CC power long duration energy storage procurement already, and that's the first uh, item here on, on the top of this chart. CC power also is continuing to work on the firm clean resources solicitation and clean power staff is an active participant in that effort. Uh, we are anticipating uh, the first uh, project through that solicitation uh, to be uh, in an approval stage uh, in the middle of this year, approximately. Um, we're, we're now moving into negotiations on our renewable energy and storage solicitation. This is the third uh, row here in this table and hope to be in a position to seek contract approvals coming out of this solicitation during the summer. The same goes for our disadvantaged communities green tariff solicitation for our super green saver product. We'll be moving into contract negotiations and approvals soon for that as well. And our team continues the design and other RFP materials for our local uh, renewable energy and storage solicitation, which we're hoping to issue later this year. Okay, so now let's talk uh, about the next IRP. In February, the California PUC issued a decision laying out its schedule for the IRP process for Clean Power SF and other retail sellers that are under its jurisdiction. <laughs> that decision requires Clean Power SF to submit its next IRP by November 1st. So here's our timeline for developing that plan. We've started working on the scope and scenarios for our analysis and we'll be preparing updates uh, to our local resource assessments between now and June. In June, we plan to engage with interested parties to get feedback on our approach. We will also receive additional direction at that time from the California PUC regarding assumptions that will be required to be used in our energy portfolio modeling work. Uh, I've discussed with the executive officer, uh, Pollock, having uh, a deeper dive into IRP work during the July LAFCO meeting. Also in July and August, we will conduct our energy modeling work. And if all goes to plan, we'll, we anticipate having initial results available for review starting in September. We plan to seek approval of the recommended plan in October uh, so that would support submitting our plan to the CPUC by its November 1st deadline. So that actually concludes my prepared uh, my presentation, and I'm happy to take any questions you may have. Thank you, uh, Director Himes. I, I do have a question, uh, if we can go back to the last slide. Ooh, uh, okay. I'm sorry the, about that. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, specifically about the IRP. IRP and that um, about the integrated resource plan. And uh, when you mentioned in June that you're going to talk with interested parties, can you elaborate on who those people are? Yeah, so uh, the power enterprise, the SFPUC, has um, uh, started what we're calling uh, community power updates. Uh, and these are meetings that we're trying to do on a regular basis uh, to en engage with community members. Um, we've invited a, a fairly broad uh, number of uh, community-based organizations. Um, we have uh, 
LAFCO members and the executive officer also included on that distribution. Um, and ha and, and uh, the executive officer has attended in previous of these um, uh, updates. So we plan to use that. That's going to be one format for, for doing this. Um, we'll also engage with our SFPUC uh, Power Citizen Advisory Committee. Um, and then, of course, here in front of LAFCO, another, another forum for us to um, share this information and get feedback. Great. And then um, I'm going to, one more question, and I'm going to, I see that Commissioner Fielder's hand is up, so I, I want to make sure that I also leave time for my colleagues to ask their questions. Um, my, my last question is when you mentioned conducting, you know, community engagement uh, about the scope and scenarios, um, I, could you also talk about, talk about like, what does that look like? Is it through like online, in person, like, and, and is it survey? Like what is community engagement uh, means? Yeah, the, whether it's, it's online or um, in person is, is probably a little bit to be determined. It'll be one of those two. It'll be a meeting uh, where we would present uh, what we're proposing to do. Uh, as far as the scenarios that we're going to analyze. Yeah. Um, and it would also include an overview of the plan, the components of the plan, uh, what we've done to date. Uh, it's intended also to be educational, but then also to get uh, feedback from community members about the scope and some of the goals of the analysis that we're trying to address. How do you, how will you be analyzing or accepting the feedback? Like if you're going to have one meeting only to sort of to present your scope and scenarios, then like once you get received, the will you be trying to collect feedback in advance of that meeting or will you be collecting feedback during that meeting? And then how would you then either incorporate those feedback or at least respond to the feedback like into in, in terms of like why or why won't you or can or can't you incorporate those feedback? Like how, how would you manage those? Yeah, that's a good question. And to be totally frank with you, we haven't worked out all the details. Okay. Um, so I appreciate the question and we'll definitely, um, you know, relay that to our team as we talk about how to structure this and make sure that we're, we're able to uh, absorb process and accommodate. Um, I do think that uh, having a first discussion in June supports uh, a sort of a communication of how we're um, accounting for that feedback in July uh, when we do a deeper dive uh, here with LAFCO. Um, so that, that'll be one mechanism where we can, we can sort of be transparent about uh, how we're communicating the, the feedback we got. Great. I, I just wanted to be mindful of that in terms of like communications and transparency with the community, but also it's not something that we're just doing like a check the box that we had a meeting and had a conversation, but to really make that a productive conversation with the community, with, with those people that you mentioned, the interested parties and the stakeholders, that it's like a really, like a real conversation that, you know, we'll, we'll, we can see some results, we can see some feedback, you know, and in, in the case that, you know, and, but also honest, right? Like about what we can and cannot do. Um, Commissioner Fielder. Thank you, Chair Chan. I actually had the same questions um, and, and would echo Chair Chan in, in encouraging 
the community engagement piece to have a lot of very concrete ways for members of the public to participate and that, um, you know, things like language access is considered. So I won't reiterate those, but I do share a lot of those um, hopes for that process. My other question was around the, um, you know, I understand that the ball is already rolling and that we're seeking approval from SFPC and the board, the board of supervisors around this. Um, but the project for the onward battery, I guess I, I missed and I apologize if that was just due to my inattention for the past couple of meetings on that point, but I just missed that the battery storage is located in um, Escondido, California. And I understand that this is part of the CC Power, which is, you know, a consortium of, uh, of CCA groups. But um, I just, I'm, it makes me wonder, you know, as far as that power having to travel around the state and a lot of it will be lost in that, in that transportation of that power. Um, I guess I'm, I'm wondering for the other project for battery, for our battery storage that we are considering for Clean Power SF, I think it was 175 megawatts. Um, is there any criteria or was there any criteria in the, I guess, request for offerings around the location and distance from San Francisco for that project? So um, thank you for your question, uh, Commissioner Fielder. Uh, let's see, to kind of two parts to this. The, the first thing I wanna address is the CC power process and that solicitation. Because uh, we, we do have multiple solicitations to procure uh, renewables and storage for Clean Power SF. Uh, on the one hand, we're participating with CC power uh, through through this long duration storage specific solicitation. Um, and that really the goal of that effort for Clean Power SF is to meet our California PUC compliance requirement. Um, that solicitation uh, invited offers statewide uh, for projects that could get developed and uh, construction, constructed and meet uh, the operating requirement in 2026 set forth by the California PUC. Um, so that effort evaluated uh, a range of projects bid into the solicitation on a number of criteria, uh, including viability, um, value to our ratepayers. And of course this was done in coordination with other CCAs. Um, and the projects that we're bringing forward through this process uh, ended up with uh, high scores uh, and reflected a high value to our ratepayers relative to others. Um, so that's one point I wanna make. You know, and, and, and the requirement that we have here is, is a requirement to support statewide electric reliability. And that, that's really where this long duration storage requirement is coming from uh, the CPUC. Um, now we also issued our own solicitation this summer seeking offers of renewables and storage 
Um, and we did receive some offers from regional projects and we're moving into the, um, the negotiation phase, uh, as I indicated before. Um, so I, I'm pretty optimistic that we will end up with future projects and contracts that are uh, regional, Bay Area region. Um, and it's really not a, a this or that, or uh, you know, do this project or do that project. We really do actually need um, the, the goal line project, the tumbleweed project and additional projects. Um, so I am anticipating and expecting that through our own solicitation, uh, we will um, uh, be able to move forward with uh, some regional projects through that effort. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I was having issue with my uh, I'm muting and muting. Um, thank you, Commissioner Fielder. And uh, I see that Executive Officer um, Pollock would like to make comments. And uh, but if I may, could I go to Commissioner Marr first? Even though I know that uh, Executive Officer has his hand up, but Commissioner Marr, please go ahead. Thank, thanks, Chair Chan. Um, yeah, I just had sort of a follow-up question to uh, Commissioner Fielder's questions around the, um, yeah, and, and my question is more around the, um, going back to the, the, the prior slide that shows the, um, the 2020 IRP um, um, schedule. Um, it looks like there's one coming up, um, an, a solicitation for, for local renewable um, Energies. If it, I think the 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 amount, the target amount was nine megawatts. Is that correct? That is correct, uh, okay. Commissioner yeah. Mark. Yes, and, and and that that nine megawatt target comes out of the local renewable energy resource report that we prepared um, and and made available to LAFCO. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, I did want to comment that we are preparing a memo. Um, with some figures on local resources that are procured, developed within the city and the region uh, to share with LAFCO. And I will also include uh, as a refresher, another copy or link to that report for, for reference. Great, yeah, I'd like to, yeah, it'd be good to review that again. Um, and then that, if, if I, I was doing the math on, uh, rough math on, on all the, the Solicitations from the in the 2020 RFP looks like th there's over 200 megawatts or what, what's the total target amount? So the let me let me mm -hmm. show the slide again just to help. Give me one moment. I guess my question is so, so the local the local renewable solicitation is just a very small part of the overall IRP, right? In well, it is a part and um, relative to the 105 megawatts, which are not location specific here, um, uh, it represents a little bit less than 10%. Um, so, sorry, I'm, what I'm referring to here is in the third row mm -hmm. under the utility scale renewable energy. 
So what we're targeting right now, and this comes from our adopted IRP, uh, is about 110 megawatts of new renewables. Um, and then the 175 megawatts of, of new four hour energy storage. Uh, so the, the nine is in addition to that uh, 110 or so of total um, new renewables. Um, I do wanna point out that this is not um, this is not all we're trying to accomplish. This is really an initial phase. Um, and and the th one of the things to keep in mind is um, that the, the sites need to be uh, ready to install solar. And that's one of the things that we're working on right now. Um, the uh, most suitable sites that we identified in the report uh, that we issued um, were SFPUC water reservoirs. Um, and as you can imagine, these are fairly large structures that very importantly are, are not obstructed in many cases by other buildings um, or trees. Uh, you can install solar and, and get a, a good solar access on these sites um, mm -hmm. to produce power. So, um, so, so these sites we identified as the most suitable in the near term for developing and getting a, a pretty significant number of megawatts. Um, when you start to try to develop on smaller sites, uh, one, the cost goes up a lot higher and it's hard to get a lot of megawatts, um, right? When you're stitching together uh, smaller locations. So these reservoirs are some of the larger rooftops, they're under city control. Um, they also don't have much on-site power demand um, and because Clean Power SF does not serve city government uh, or uh, municipal loads, Hetch Hetchy Power does, one of the criteria we looked for in this assessment was um, locations that don't have significant on-site demand, because those would be better for producing power to deliver directly to the customer. Um, so, so again, this, this nine megawatt target for this first phase comes out of our report, and th this is a subset of projects that we identified that we thought were suitable for this first phase. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with the Sunset Reservoir um, solar installation. So, so this would basically be sort of replicate that on other sites. That's right. The, uh -huh. Okay. And, and, and the, the Sunset Reservoir, as you probably know, uh, is only half built out. Mm -hmm. There's there's more capacity there. However, the reservoir itself needs structural improvements before we can put more solar. So that was also part of our plan, but we identified that particular second at, uh, as a, as an additional phase in the future once the structural work can be completed. Got it. And then for the 2022 IRP um, process, do you do you anticipate a larger or do you anticipate local renewable energy to be to, to be a larger part of that IR, the, the next IRP? You know, I, I I don't know the answer to that right now. I think that that's something that we'll find out through the the process. Um, we absolutely are going to update the assumptions and assessment that we made the last time around. Um, but I think you know the the key thing here too will be sort of the underlying conditions that allow us to make local investments 
and deliver on our other goals, uh, like affordability, for example. Um, so, you know, one thing that we'll we'll highlight in future uh, meetings is, you know, what are the the economics of these projects? Um, because I think that's pretty important to foundation to understand, uh, you know, the, the trade-offs uh, for um, you know doing more local work. It really comes down to to a need to balance it out so that we can um, uh, also deliver an affordable uh, service to our ratepayers. That it, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Hyams. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Marr and um, Executive Officer Pollock, please. Yeah, thank you. Uh, for the record, Jeremy Pollock, uh, LAFCO Executive Officer, and uh, just wanted to follow up briefly on, on the discussion around the community outreach. And um, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, I really appreciate the discussion on, um, you know, talking more about what's that process for um, processing that, um, that the feedback and, and responding in and making sure that, um, that you know, any feedback is incorporated where possible or given a response at least, um, I think is important to, to sort of maintain that engagement with, with community groups to show that um, the time spent in, in, in participating in the process is worthwhile. And um, I think as part of that, um, uh, Mr. Himes and I have been discussing uh, as part of developing LAFCO's forward calendar that's now going to be included in the executive officer's report, um, sort of a regular updates on the IRP. And so we've got it that's tentatively scheduled for May, July, and September to be coming back to talk more about the IRP here. And um, I think um, I was hoping that um, LAFCO can really you know, focus on that, that process um, really brings together a, a lot of the common discussions we have around Clean Power SF and that, um, you know, that give and take between affordability and being able to meet or beat PG&E's prices versus our ambitious goals for wanting to develop more, um, more renewable power, especially in city and, and locally. Um, and so, um, you know, hoping we can look at that more and in the the PUC's modeling for what the different IRP scenarios can be, and uh, like Mr. Himes was saying, to, to get a sense of what that difference in cost is if we want to increase uh, you know local production, um, and I think um, it seems to be a common uh, you know struggle between the PUC's mandate to to keep the lights on and, and keep the price low versus uh, you know advocates' interest in wanting to to build as much as possible, and um, I think you know hopefully as part of this process. I think you know the PUC is is definitely um, uh, you know has to prioritize meeting the requirements from the CPUC on what what an IRP has to have, and I think uh, I would like to see where can we look at um, you know what does that meet the the, the needs and, and interests of the commission and the public, and you know if if you know things that we're interested in uh, are going beyond what's what's legally required for an IRP how can we sort of do that in tandem to to get the results that we're looking for and take advantage of all the analysis that the PUC is going to be doing as part of this IRP process um, so uh, yeah very much looking forward to to that discussion and and being engaged on that community uh, community engagement on this process and trying to to make this as uh, robust a discussion as we can that's great. Thank you so much, Executive Officer Pollock. I, I think that uh, we're really glad to have you on board and please definitely keep track of this issue along with Director Himes. I think that is, um, you know, critical to the commission and I think uh, what, what we're supposed to be doing here. So that that's great. Um, colleagues, any more 
um, questions? If not, uh, shall we open this to public comment then? Okay. Uh, Madam Clerk, please open this item to public comment. Yes, Madam Chair. Uh, Suze is checking to see if we have any callers who are in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. Um, for those uh, listening in, the public comment number is 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499735-4482, then pound and then pound again. If you have not already done so, please press star three and um, the system will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Do we have any callers in the queue? Every caller will be having, will have three minutes today. We have one caller on the line. All right, if you could please put that caller through. Good morning, commissioners. Eric Brooks with Our City San Francisco and Californians for Energy Choice. Uh, three quick things, just first to pick up where Executive Officer Pollock and Chair Chan left off. Um, on the feedback when the constituent stakeholder meetings are held with the SFPC, it would be very helpful to have a document sort of like an environmental impact report, comments and responses document, but this would be a feedback and responses document from the SFPC because in the past it's just verbal conversations and public recommendations don't often get incorporated. So if we had a comments and responses document or feedback and responses document that could be shown to the public and the LAFCO as to how they're formally responding to suggestions, it would be very helpful. On the sources on page 14 of the slides, it would also be good to have um, staff add some detail in the slide or in a separate slide that shows where these big uh, utility scale resources are coming from, kind of getting back to what uh, Commissioner Fielder asked about, show us the locations in the presentation, that's really important. Uh, getting to the issue of the how much we can localize renewables, I want to remind what I raised in the previous meeting, which is that right now, if you have uh, solar on your rooftop of a you know factory or house or warehouse, something like that in San Francisco, you still pay transmission charges as if you were getting electricity from across the state. And if we at the state can get rid of those transmission access charges, it would make it much more cost effective for the SFPUC to more localize renewables uh, and efficiency in battery storage. And then just uh, that would help. And then just to get to the whole big picture, this just all points to the fact that we need a, a local renewable energy plan that's planned out that's not just Clean Power SF, but includes Hetch Hetchy resources so that we're setting up a microgrid plan for the entire city that is comprehensive and not just dependent on one project at a time. So uh, if we could get the uh, feedback and responses document and get in the presentations the locations of the utility scale resources that might help the public and the LAFCO better understand where these resources are coming from, how distant they are, and how we might get them to be more regional and local. Thanks. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other callers in the queue? There are no callers in the queue. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clark, and thank you, GovTV and everyone. And it's 
seeing no more public comments, public comments is closed. And uh, Madam Clerk, uh, shall we? I, I don't need this is the informational item. We don't need to take action for this. So uh, let's go on to the next item. Great. Item number five is the composition and structure of the San Francisco Local Agency Formation Commission. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you have not, uh, not already done so, please press star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item, and when the system indicates you have been unmuted, that will be your uh, cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, we'll now hear from our uh, Executive Officer, Jeremy Pollock. Okay. Uh, hello, Commissioners. Again, Jeremy Pollock, LAFCO Executive Officer. And uh, this item was um, submitted at the direction of uh, Chair Chan, uh, wanted to review our options for how the our commission is structured. And uh, want to uh, greatly appreciate our uh, our legal counsel, Inder Kalsa, who uh, helped with diving into the uh, the minutia of the Cortese Knox Hertzberg Act that governs LAFCOs. And I'm going to uh, turn it over to her to to discuss um, the, the what she's uh, her findings on this. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, good morning, Chair and members of the Commission. It's a pleasure to be presenting to you this morning. So um, Jeremy and I looked at the. Cortese Knox Hertzberg Act, which is the statute that created LAFCOs. LAFCOs are, are statutory entities, and so we are governed by state law. Um, and the statutes lay out several different options for uh, the composition of a LAFCO based on whether or not you are in a county that has cities, incorporated cities, or does not have any incorporated cities. In reviewing the historic record, we actually determined that when the LAFCO, San Francisco LAFCO was first formed back in 2000, and based on the advice of the attorney at that time, uh, LAFCO was formed under a statute that no longer exists that was for a county with one city in it. And just to be clear, um, the consolidated city and county of San Francisco does not cleanly fit into any category of counties a county without a city or a county with a city. San Francisco is truly unique in being the only consolidated city and county in the state of California. So in 2000, um, based on the attorney advice at that time, it was decided to go forward with a composition under a county with one city in it being sort of the best fit that could be identified at that time. Um, however, only six months after the LAFCO was originally formed, that section of the Cortese Knox Hertzberg Act was actually repealed. And uh, from that point forward, LAFCO operated under a different section of the act that talks about a county with one or more incorporated cities in it. The, um, the interesting part about this history is that that original formation actually had uh, three Board of Supervisors members um, was a little bit more complicated than that. One was appointed on behalf of the city, in, in put in quotes here because, again, we're talking about a consolidated city and county. There really isn't a distinction between the city and the county in San Francisco. So one person appointed on behalf of the city, two on behalf of the county, and then two members of the public. And when in 2000, early 2001, LAFCO switched over to being a, to considering itself as a LAFCO in a county with more than one, one or more incorporated cities, 
there was actually one less member of the public under that scenario and one more board of supervisors uh, representative. And so that's how LAFCO has been structured since 2001. Um, and, you know, I think it, we can all agree that San Francisco being completely unique and the legislature had not created a separate category for the city and county of San Francisco, there are no, none of these statutes perfectly fits the consolidated city and county because there are no other consolidated city cities and counties in the state. Uh, so in looking at this with um, Executive Officer Pollack, we really felt that uh, it would be fair also to characterize San Francisco's LAFCO in a different way, which would be as a county that has no cities. And in some ways that makes more sense than treating San Francisco as a county of one or more incorporated cities. Um, when, and I think this will come up in uh, Executive Officer Pollock's portion of this uh, presentation, but knowing that there are no statutes that perfectly fit the city and county, we found that there were a number of reasons why we felt uh, treating San Francisco as a county that does not have a city might actually be beneficial and make a little bit more sense moving forward. Um, next, next slide. So here are options, and I know this gets very confusing, and in looking at these sections, I really wish there was a way to a little bit more of a shorthand way to refer to these sections without having to keep going back and saying, County with one city, <laughs> county with one or more cities, or county with no cities. Um, but this table does a really good job of laying out each section and the composition of our commission under each of these sections. And so, were we to move to becoming, it's a really seeing San Francisco as a county with no cities, um, then you see that we would have three board of supervisors representatives. We would not have this, uh, I would say, a little bit of a cognitive leap of having some board of supervisors members appointed on behalf of the city and some appointed on behalf of the county, which is our current situation, and which really doesn't make sense since you uh, board of supervisors members govern the city and county and there is no distinction. Uh, and then this would also add another member of the public. The number of alternates would re remain the same. And since the LAFCO currently only has three board of supervisors members, um, currently no one would have to step down in order to make this new structure possible. I think with that, hopefully I've covered some of the legal background and then I'm gonna let um, the executive officer speak to some of the maybe the policy reasons why LAFCO might wanna consider this change. So I'm also available to answer any questions. Hey, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to uh, briefly discuss um, you know, one of the issues that comes up when we look at this, the current uh, composition of LAFCO, where as considered to be uh, a county with one or more cities, um, is that the, the, uh, the, the state code says that the, the city representatives to LAFCO are to be appointed by a city selection committee that's composed of the, the mayors of, of the cities and the county, and that the people eligible to be appointed to LAFCO under this are either mayors or city council members. And um, San Francisco doesn't have any city council members. And um, yeah, I think uh, in our review of uh, the city charter and, and city codes, it's, it's silent on the issue of city council members. And yeah, I think it's all uh, well understood that the Board of Supervisors represents uh, the city and the county. Um, and so 
um, yeah, a little bit of another one of these these areas where San Francisco's unique status doesn't quite fit in with the the current uh, construction of the of the Cortesian Oxfordsburg Act. And then, um, as far as um, the arguments for why it might make sense to to switch our composition to be uh, considered a county with no cities, um, is that. Uh, um, you know, LAFCOs are structured to, to, to balance the diverse interests of cities and counties, uh, whether they're um, cities with uh, counties with multiple cities or counties with multiple special districts um, to make sure all the voices are balanced. Um, and so uh, because San Francisco has no separate cities, um, uh, that makes it um, similar to a county with with no cities where um, you don't uh, there's no need to, to be balancing the separate interests of the board of supervisors versus city council members. Um, and then um, another sort of policy reason to consider in this is, uh, you know, the, the state code uh, puts a lot of emphasis on, on LAFCOs to be independent bodies and talks about how um, the members are to be uh, exercising their independent judgment um, to represent, you know, all, all interests in the county and the public as a whole and that uh, commissioners should be representing the public as a whole and not just the interests of their appointing authority. Um, and so, you know, thinking about it from that light, uh, uh, it could make a lot of sense to switch from having essentially four members of the board of supervisors and one member of the public to two members of the public and three supervisors uh, would give you, um, you know, a little bit more of a balance and a little more independence from from the board of supervisors. Um, and so, yeah, that's essentially our presentation. Um, this is a, a calendar as, as a discussion item only, and uh, we're hoping to, to to sort of publicize this and and get more feedback from from the public on uh, any thoughts about this. And you know, some options for you to consider uh, is one is c continuing with the the current commission structure, or or um, if uh, there is interest in making this switch to become uh, a commission structured under uh, the the section for a city with no a county with no cities, um, we could make that amendment through uh, a resolution modifying LAFCO's policies and procedures. Um, and uh, a longer term option could be to to seek an amendment to the Cortesian Knox Hertzberg Act at the state legislature uh, to more clearly define our commission's composition and uh, find a, a more natural fit for us in in the state legislation. Um, there are um, a number of counties that have their uh, LAFCO composition is uniquely prescribed in uh, in the state code, uh, such as uh, Los Angeles and Santa Clara, Sacramento, and several others, I believe. Um, but yeah, definitely a longer term uh, solution to, for you all to consider. Um, but yeah, in the short term, uh, Ms. Kalsa has, has uh, advised us that um, that it's you know within our purview here to uh, um, to to define where uh, where the commission fits best among these sections that's uh, that's prescribed in our policies and procedures. And I believe that's uh, that's it for our presentation. So uh, welcome uh, any questions or comments from you all. Thank you, Executive Officer Pollock, and thank you so much, uh, our, um, you know, uh, Council um, Kalsa, for your assistance on this matter, and thank you for walking us through. Um, I really appreciate, really, the context too and the history and how we came about. Colleagues, do you have any questions before I continue with my remarks? I just want to make sure um, everybody is, is sort of kind of clear about the structure and the history, and then if you have questions about the possible um, 
com commenting on a possible uh, a resolution coming before us for uh, an approval uh, changing the structure of the commission. Seeing no comments from my colleagues. Colleagues, I, I, I really thought that, you know, given that I have consistently, and even before, you know, a uh, uh, former commission uh, chair, fewer, you know, uh, has her effort and mine ongoing effort to recruit more of my colleagues. I'm so grateful that Commissioner Mar is, is willing to stay on and commit to this work. Um, and it's and that, you know, Commissioner uh, Preston uh, is now the alternate. And really having that, uh, people who really care about the mission and the core mission that LAFCO works on is really critical. But I think at this time, like it's a led body as an elected body uh, on the mem and you know the members of the board of supervisors, there's really a limited capacity for them to be involved. But I, I think that we need more voices and accountability, frankly, and transparency and involvement. And I think that sh shifting this to be able to allow us to have more community member on this body who share the you know mission and and the and value this commission and this body uh, it, it's really critical um, given the fact that we're seeing now a, a, a process of updating or you know of the integrated resource plan that is really critical to the future of San Francisco but frankly a sustainable and public power of not just San Francisco, but really can function as a model for the state and more. Uh, I, I think that we have a lot of work ahead of us that we really need uh, more brains and more um, advocacy and support on this body. So I look forward to having uh, your thoughts uh, and possibly support uh, and, and love to have just a little bit of a discussion about what your thinkings are, you know, uh, to add a uh, additional community member uh, as a commission as a commissioner, which then meaning, you know, comes with all the rights to to vote and, and be able to have a seat at the table and have these conversations. And, and so I just want to open this conversation up. Commissioner Wong. Thanks, Chair Chan. And, and um, thanks, um, Executive Officer Pollock for the, the overview um, to this proposal. Um, I, I actually, um, um, I like this proposal and I appreciate the work that went into just under um, reviewing the sort of legal and regulatory sort of um, issues around LAFCO um, structure. And if we can um, update our structure to allow for, for an additional um, community representative on, on this commission, I think that that would be really positive for all the reasons um, Chair Chan stated. And um, I, there's, yeah, I think we really need people with with a um, more people with a with deep commitment and, and passion for these issues and the expertise because they are so complex from um, clean power and and, and um, uh, um, you know moving towards um, a fossil free future in San Francisco um, and and as well as the public bank and and all of the um, expansive um, important roles that that will play in our city. So. Um, and there's so much um, um, talent and expertise and commitment in the community. Yeah, it'd be a huge benefit to be able to add um, an additional official community seat on, on LAFCO. So this sounds like a great proposal to me. Thank you, Commissioner Mark. Commissioner Fielder? 
Thank you, Chair Chan. Thank you, um, Executive Officer Pollock, for this presentation. I would absolutely support such a amendment to the structure of LAFCO. Um, I think we do need more community uh, voices and representation and would also support um, an additional supervisor also serving in an official voting capacity on this. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Absolutely. So I think that with this new um, new structure, will allow additional uh, community member uh, to become a voting commissioner, and then we can still continue to recruit one more uh, members from the board to try to, to try to come on board with us. Um, and and I I think that really the core function of um, and core role of LAFCO is that we really have the authority. It's specifically for the city and county of San Francisco that it's really about the having that authority of municipal uh, service review power and, and really uh, looking at city government and how we function. And I think that having that uh, additional uh, community member as a voting member on this body, really uh, as executive officer Pollock had mentioned, the independence and accountability that can come with it is, is, uh, will be tremendously helpful. Um, so with that, uh, Executive Officer Paul, is that all your uh, reporting for today? And, sh and should we open this item up for public comment? Uh, yeah, that's all we have. And uh, yeah, opening the public comment sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. Madam Clerk, please, let's open up the public comment. Yes, Madam Chair, Sue's from DT is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. Uh, if you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Uh, Sue's, do we have any callers in the queue? It appears we have one caller. If you could please put that person forward. Good morning again, Commissioners. Eric Brooks with Our City SF and... Californians for Energy Choice. I'm just now seeing this, so I'll respond just on my own behalf, not necessarily on the community at, at large that I tend to work with on the clean energy and other issues like public bank. But this looks pretty good uh, on the surface, and um, it's. I don't think there could be anything bad about having two voting members from the community instead of one. That's clearly progress. And uh, to kind of reflect what Jer Chan was saying, I've never seen a time when we had, I think, more than three voting supervisors on the LAFCO. So there's the bandwidth is pretty limited, <laughs> as I'm sure you all know, as supervisors. So, um, so it looks, yeah, it looks good on the surface. I'll have more feedback probably when it gets hardened up. One thing I would encourage is make make sure there there are three voting members if you make this change and one alternate for the board of supervisors and then two voting members for the public and one alternate, especially that two voting members of the public and one alternate member could give us a really broad range of views from across the city for all the range of issues that LAFCO will work on. So I would encourage you if you do this to really flesh it out and make sure that there's a full contingent of five voting members and two alternates, one from the community and one from the board but it looks good. Thank you so much for your comments. Do we have any other callers in the queue? Nope, that was it. All right, thank you, Sus, <laughs> Madam Chair. 
Thank you, Madam Clerk, and thank you, Sue. Uh, and looks like we have no more public comments, so public comments is now closed. Uh, this is an informational item, uh, no need action. Uh, so, Madam Clerk, please call the next item. Yes, item number six is our updates to the regular and special meeting schedule for members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item to call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please press star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates you have been unmuted. That will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you. So let's open this up for public comments. Great. Susan is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you haven't already done so, please press star three and wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Do we have any callers in the queue? We do not have any speakers, Madam Chair. You are muted, Madam Chair. Sorry about that. Seeing no more public comments for the public comment section. Uh, now it's, this item is closed, or public comments is closed. Let's move on to item number nine. Uh, Madam Chair, we were on item number six, updates to the regular and special meeting schedule. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's go to... <laughs> Let's go to the updates uh, to the regular and special meeting schedule. My apologies. Uh, I believe Jeremy has a presentation. Executive officer. Yes. I can speak briefly to this. Uh, this is uh, just a bit of housekeeping on the, the meeting schedule for for the year. Uh, the meeting schedule that was passed last November uh, calendared a special meeting on June 9th that was just intended for the final approval of the LAFCO budget. Uh, and that was required because of the, the state requirement that we approve our budget by June 15th. Um, and so as we've been uh, preparing the forward calendar, it seemed a more efficient use of the commission's time to, to just incorporate that uh, that final budget approval into the, the May 20th regular meeting and to, to cancel the, the June 9th special meeting um, when uh, the members of the Board of Supervisors here on the commission will have their hands full with the, uh, the city and county budget and allow you to focus on that and uh, without uh, the distraction of a separate LAFCO budget and a special meeting just for that. Uh, so the other recommendation here would be to just a motion to uh, cancel that uh, previously scheduled special meeting on June 9th, 2022. Thank you. Um, my apologies that I already opened up this for public comment. And do I need to actually have a So colleagues, do you have any comments on the calendar and schedule? And if not, Madam Clerk, do I need to? Um... You don't need to, but we certainly can try and uh, see if anybody has any comments. Um, if you reopen public comment. Yeah, let's do that. My apologies. Okay. All right, public comment is reopened for item number six. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. And just delaying for a second. And no, we do not have any callers, Madam Chair. So you can go ahead and reclose it. Thank you. Public comment for this item is now closed. Um, we need to uh, I'll make the motion 
to approve the updates to the regular and special meeting schedule. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Commissioner Marr. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On the motion to cancel the June 9th special meeting, uh, is that correct, Ms. Uh, Executive Officer Pollock? Yes. So the motion is to cancel the special June 9th, 2002 meeting. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are three ayes. Thank you, Madam Clerk. The, this motion is now unanimously approved that we have updated our uh, meeting schedule, canceling the June 9 special meeting. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the next item, the executive officer's report. Yes, item number seven is the executive officer's report. We have four uh, sections, the reinvestment working group updates, e-bike incentive program update, uh, a new Cal LAFCO executive director, and the forward calendar. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on the, the, this item should call 415-655-0001, median ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please press star three to line up to speak in assistant prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates that you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Executive Officer Pollock. The floor is yours. Great, thank you. Uh, and, and for the updates on the reinvestment working group, I'd like to turn it over to our policy analyst, uh, Khaled Samurai, who can tell you what's uh, what's been happening in the last month. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, uh, Jeremy. Uh, just as a reminder, we have re-advertised the RFP for uh, public bank uh, consulting services because the contract monitoring division identified issues with both original proposals um, that made them non-responsive. The re-advertised RFP has now closed and we've received two uh, proposals and a new RFP panel of evaluators has been convened. The goal is to have the process complete um, by early April. Um, uh, next is the uh, reinvestment working group meeting. Um, so we have a tentative uh, date for that, um, which will be the third Thursday of every month from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. starting this April. Um, so that date will be Thursday, April 21st from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. That is our tentative date for the first San Francisco Reinvestment Working Group meeting. Um, and then finally, uh, oh, one more thing on that is uh, these meetings will be remote only and held via WebEx event and open to the public. Um, and then finally, uh, there was a request from the community for interpretation services during these meetings. And we are looking to provide Spanish and Chinese interpretation for the first three meetings. Um, and after the uh, three months, we'll evaluate the use of the services um, uh, for interpretation. And that is it for reinvestment working group updates. Great, thank you, Mr. Samurai. And uh, just a note on, on that request for translation services is uh, something that we don't have anticipated in our budget. So um, uh, planning to work with uh, Chair Chan's uh, office on incorporating that in, into our budget. 
and maybe something we want to consider as part of uh, contract negotiations with the, uh, the public banking consultant uh, to see whether that can be incorporated, um, what you know, outreach materials may be, um, may be needed for the, the reinvestment working groups uh, plans that we may want to translate as well. Um, and uh, maybe I can, can pause here and see if, if commissioners have any questions uh, specific to the reinvestment working group. And seeing none, I carry on just a few other items. Um, uh, have a brief update on the uh, e-bike incentive program uh, that LAFCO is participating in. Um, the Department of the Environment is the, the lead agency on that, and I uh, believe they're hoping to introduce the accept expend resolution uh, for accepting the, the, the state grant that's going to be funding that program at the end of this month and uh, planning a, a kickoff program of all the, uh, the, the partners involved. Um, they're currently hiring for a new uh, program manager for that project and hoping to get somebody on board this spring. And uh, uh, the timeline is looking for uh, basically a kickoff of the program this spring and finalizing the program uh, early summer and then getting a first co cohort of, of app-based delivery workers on board uh, in, the, in the fall. And um, essentially, the, the program is, is it's a limited pilot program that's uh, really focused on data collection. And there's going to be two cohorts of delivery drivers uh, where the, the plan is to have uh, 15 delivery drivers who will be given electric bikes and then 15 delivery drivers who will be in cars and to do a data collection of, of how um, how the two different cohorts perform and use that as a way to, to get some sort of empirical data to show uh, what benefits there are from from switching from cars to e-bikes for for deliveries and and so uh, yeah very excited to to participate in that program and uh, hoping to schedule a, a briefing from the Department of the Environment to, to come and tell you more about it as the, the program is, is more fully fleshed out and uh, we uh, you, uh, identify what LAFCO's role can be in that going forward. Um, and then uh, just briefly, uh, CalAFCO, the California Association of Local Agency Formations Commissions, uh, has news that uh, they're, they've hired a new executive director, Renee LaRoche, um, who was previously the clerk of the board at Mariposa County, um, and Pamela Miller, who has steered the ship at CalAFCO, is retiring after 10 years leading that organization. And uh, uh, Ms. Miller came here uh, a couple of years ago to present about, about LAFCOs and uh, was very helpful to me in getting on board and understanding uh, the, the unique, unique uh, attributes and responsibilities of LAFCOs and, and how we fit into that. And just want to wish her well and uh, welcome Mrs. Ms. LaRoche to CalAFCO. Um, and then lastly, the, uh, the executive officer's report uh, now includes a forward calendar that I've uh, been working with to, to set out a tentative schedule for key topics that we want to include over the course of the, of the year. Um, and uh, appreciate Mr. Himes working with me over that on that over the last month as we try to, to chart out what are the, the key topics we want to, to focus on around Clean Power SF and sort of make sure we have time for those to, to dig a little deeper into the issues that the commission is interested in. And um, yeah, we'll also be working with the reinvestment working group to, to plan, um, you know, identify, uh, you know, key milestones in their work that we want to bring uh, to LAFCO to look at, as well as uh, the Department of the Environment for updates on things like the e-bike rebate program and their climate action plan, uh, implementation planning uh, and the like. And um, yeah, we'll definitely welcome any feedback or ideas or requests from commissioners or the public on topics that you would like to see us uh, work into that, that forward calendar. Uh, 
And that concludes my report. Thank you, Executive Officer Paul Locke. Um, anyone else? Um, any comments from my colleagues? Seeing none, uh, we let's go to public comments for your presentation today. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Sue's from DT is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Um, and giving it a moment. And no, we do not have any callers, Madam Chair. Great, seeing no public comments, public comment is now closed. Uh, let's move on to item number eight. Great, um, and just for the record, there was no action taken on item number seven. Um, item number eight is general public comment for members of the public who wish to address the San Francisco Local Agency Formation Commission on matters that are within their jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Uh, if you wish to provide public comment, please call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Uh, please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Suze, do we have any callers in the queue? No, Madam Chair, we have no general public comment today. Great. So, um, no public, no more public comments. Public comment is now closed. Let's move on to item number nine. Item number nine is future agenda items. Uh, if you wish to speak on this item, you would need to call the public comment number 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2499-735-4482, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please star, dial star three to line up to speak. And a system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. It does appear we have one caller in the queue. Suze, if you could please put that caller forward. Good morning, one last time. Commissioners Eric Brooks, Our City SF, and Californians for Energy Choice. Uh, I do want to flag for future agenda items, and I've done this before, but I'll try to remind myself to talk to Executive Officer Pollock about asking you guys to agenda this issue that I brought up of transmission access charges that disincentivize local renewables so that if you put up, you know, if you have a warehouse and you put solar panels on top of it, you're still paying transmission charges as if you're drawing elect that electricity from outside of the substation that you're hooked up to. So uh, it's important that we get that state law changed so that there's not a disincentive financially to do local renewables. And that definitely uh, there's a group called Clean Coalition that's leading the statewide effort to get that law changed. And uh, as long as they can join electronically, I'm sure they would be happy to come to a future LAFCO meeting. So uh, I think it's really important to get that. It's transmission access charges, and it's TAC for short. And I will remind myself to talk to uh, Executive Officer Pollock about that. Thanks. Thank you so much for your comments. Do we have any other callers in the queue? I believe that completes the queue, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, I don't think that probably my colleagues have no comments 
on the future agenda item at this time as well. So this public comment is now closed and that uh, let's move on to item number 10 and let's adjourn. All right, Madam Chair, the meeting. Thank I'll see you guys next month. Meetings adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.